This episode of the Gentleman Scofflaw podcast is brought to you by Patreon and the Gentleman Scofflaw merchandise page. Go to gentlemanscofflaw.com. In the menu, click the support or shop links to help support the show. You are listening to the Gentleman Scofflaw podcast. Listener beware. Rise and shine, the liquor store is open. I ain't got time for moping. I best be on my way. Well, I still got time to save my reputation. Time to go day drinking in this dirty little town. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Gentleman's Golf Law Podcast, the podcast for the rebel and the renaissance man. I'm your host, Jordan Crowder, co-hosting with me, um, not in person, but from remote, is the Don, Donovan Fowler. How you doing, man? Doing well, man. It's raining here in Kansas, but, you know. Raining. I guess it's not a bad thing. Raining in Kansas, huh? Uh, it's actually kind of hot here right now in L.A. I heard. I heard you guys are having a heat wave. We're getting a little bit of a chill over Tro- here, so. You know. Tropical heat wave. <laughs> it's not tropical. <laughs> Desert heat wave yeah, I don't in know. California. Mediterranean. We'll, we'll call it a Mediterranean <laughs> heat wave, and we'll leave it at that. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, we got to get into some housekeeping, which my, uh, what are you, uh, what do you got there, Don? Oh, yeah. I see you're pouring yourself something. I got my, uh, got my Evan Williams bottle and bond, the white Ooh, label, which nice. you can barely see against the white door here. But yeah, it's my, uh, it's become a, uh, a regular staple in, in my, I guess on my bar cart. In like bar I'd say, cart? I'd say typical bourbons for typical bourbons for me are. Evan Williams, Ball and Bond, Buffalo Trace, and on very, very special occasions, Eagle Rare. That's uh, that's a uh, that's a good uh, combo of things. Um, right now, I've got kind of an experiment going here since it's kind of a hot day. Um, I haven't oh, tasted wow. this yet. Okay, so what I did <laughs> oh, looks dangerous. What I did is I got some uh, Jocko White Tea. I made some Jocko White okay. Tea pomegranate white okay. tea concentrate, and I put some okay. gin in there. Made a little, uh, little <sighs> kind of. It's kind of a summer hot toddy. It's a cold toddy. Yeah. You yeah, know, there are, <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. So, it was officially coined the cold toddy the cold here t- on the Dylan Scofflock <laughs> podcast. I feel like you need like something extra with that. Like you need like some sort of garnish. It's pretty what would good. Garnish a, a, a cold toddy with. It's pretty good. Like, I almost think you could use maybe maybe a little bit of lemon or I don't know, maybe some orange. But it's yeah, pretty probably good. some citrus. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. My parents have been getting into big time like gin and tonics lately. Oh yeah. That's the, been their their uh drink of choice. That's good when um, it's hot. It's not bad. Yeah, it's good when it's hot. It's a good refresh. And uh Gin. yeah and I, um, I I will do a gin Sorry, we were losing you there for a sec. Uh, glories of of the quarantine, the qu- quarantine connection here. Um, yeah. In, yeah. in my pipe, I've got a corn cob, cool smoking pipe, and I've got some uh, Orlick Golden Slice, 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 Golden Slice, Orlick. which is uh, smoked by all shrewd judges. It says is there is their uh, slogan, and it is a uh, Virginia tobacco, so it's very light, light kind of hay, kind of citrusy um, tobacco, so I'll get that lit. Well, I'm glad they cornered that, I'm glad they cornered that shrewd judge's market. 
I wonder if that's really <laughs> that's that's so back back on the day when judges used to smoke from the bench. I don't know if that was ever really a big thing though. I feel like it was always like the judge would, you know, sentence somebody to death and then uh and then they would uh t- you know, they would they, uh, all rise and then they, you know, come down the stairs, go into their chambers, take off their, you know, Take off their robe and then uh, light up some uh, Orlick. Yeah, I don't Orlick uh, slive. I don't know if you want to judge uh, smoking smoking anything when he's about to sentence you to death. No, no, no this is after. This is this after. after. He's got to yeah. take. He's got to take the edge off when he, you know, when he sentences that juvenile <laughs> shoplifter to be beheaded. Yeah, Jesus. You know, <laughs> Speaking of which, I don't know what you've been watching a lot in in your quarantine, but we've been watching uh, uh, Forensic Files. Have you seen any of that? No, I think my little sister watches that sometimes, though. It's pretty fun. Pretty fun. I think there's a lot of jumping yeah, to conclusions I mean, it, on that show, <laughs> but they do seem to probably. catch a lot of people. <laughs> I just... I just like watch. I'm watching it. I, and I think go, uh, I, I've never, I've never watched it. Whoops! I think we're getting getting a little delay there. Donovan, you just look like you had a stroke. <laughs> For those of you who are watching online, uh, we're getting a, some sort of a poor connection here. And oh, there's Donovan's back. <laughs> yeah. I'm back, baby. You froze and it looked like you had a stroke. That's what I was telling the listeners. Than ever. It's, <laughs> I mean, I, I supposedly I was zooming with some uh, friends uh, the other day, and I, I apparently froze, and I looked like I was in a uh, like a, a Better Health commercial or something. <laughs> like I had my like I had my like arms like this, and I was like smiling up at the corner of the room or something. It just it, it was it was a. Yeah, you had to be there. You had to see <laughs> yeah, a screenshot. You had to be there. Um, speaking of which, listeners, if uh, you you got to smoke something for the summer or maybe drink something, be out on the porch, maybe during quarantine you might be getting outside, what are you, what would be your refreshing combination of drink and smoke? Go ahead and leave yep. that in the comments below or send us an email. We'd love to get your ideas uh, and try them out maybe in future episodes. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we're going to be reviewing quite a few cocktails. I'm going to try to review a cocktail every episode if I can. Uh, yeah, that'd be good. It'll be interesting. Curious hear what the viewers are, viewers slash listeners are up to. And uh, later on on the show, actually, just in a quick bit, we're going to have uh, our good friend Zach Anner on uh, oh, yeah. talk about uh, what he's been up to. Um, but Donovan, I sent you this link this week, yeah. a couple links. We were, we were talking about these things uh, might be fun to talk about on the show here. But have yes. you seen this video um, where this uh, monkey comes in on a motorcycle and then grabs this little like toddler and then just drags her away <laughs> across the pavement and the toddler's okay yeah. after this like by the way which is the only reason why it's like at okay least, it's funny at least to watch. physically <laughs> at, least at least physically okay dude that kid is going to be uh, i don't know how you get over something like that yeah. I mean, I, I imagine the nightmares that that kid has now of monkeys jumping off motorcycles. First of all, I think Joe Rogan was talking about it. I, I did see the clip. 
he was talking about it and he made it sound like the monkey <laughs> the monkey had intentionally gotten on a motorcycle with the mission to snatch this kid <laughs> but like it's I don't the really wizard know. of oz well yeah i don't really know if that's the case i mean granted dude it some of the stuff that uh chimps and stuff are starting to do it sometimes freaks me out because it's like what 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 are they what are they up to but um no it's uh I, the way i saw it in the clip it looked like it looked like there was a guy who was like maybe pushing the motorcycle or something like guiding it like sending the monkey down the aisle or the oh, alley i didn't see and that then part. uh I thought that I saw that out of the corner of my eye. I'm not entirely sure. But either way, yes, monkey crashes into uh, this uh, audience of children and decides to just grab a toddler and go full on Harambe and uh, (laughs) take it and drag it down the street. That kid, dude, I felt so bad for that kid. Uh, But, dude, that, yeah, that monkey was uh, vicious. He's a killer. Well, I somebody said in the in the comments that apparently this is like the family's chimp and that the toddler and this chimp get along a lot Dude, already. What the hell? Dude, what the hell are people thinking? <laughs> having chimps having chimps in like in the house. Like this is not my dogs just got freaked out when I said that. They were like, What? Uh, chimp in the house? No, but I mean like I, have we learned nothing <laughs> from from that horrible from the horrible stories of of what chimps do to people yeah. when uh when they're uh, uh i don't know threatened have you heard stories like that like yeah. that one woman who was on oprah she for years had like an orangutan or a chimp as a pet yeah and like it like bit her hands off and like mauled well, her face yeah there's one where they just like i think there was i don't know if it was a gorilla or a chimp or whatever it was but literally just pulled her face off yeah, it was a pizza toppings. Yeah, it was it was a it was a chimp. It was a I I think it was her pet, and yeah. she she had it. And dude, those things are freaking scary. I would not have one of those around my kids. No, I don't for the know. record, I wouldn't trust uh, it. But you know what? This is what you get. So the parents <laughs> should uh, should not be uh, harboring such. And I mean, have we not? First of all, I mean, I think Raiders of the Lost Ark. And most any movie uh, like uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark is a good example of why we shouldn't trust monkeys. Because, you know, <laughs> that monkey did try to poison Indiana Jones with the bad dates. I like how, like, all of your life lessons only come from movies. <laughs> <laughs> You're always like, I don't know how many times on the show, somebody who's a listener, who's an editor that wants to do a compilation of yeah. <laughs> Donovan's. I Have we learned nothing from... <laughs> I- once thought of writing a book called everything i know i learned from movies and oh I man it's that'd be much, so good you should write pretty, it. it it's, it's I, I but you know it would be it would basically just be like chris farley in the snl sketch where he's where he has bruce willis on uh you know on his talk show and he's like <laughs> remember that time they uh you know they shot the glass and uh it went everywhere and you, you didn't have any shoes on and you had to run across the glass <laughs> yeah you remember that? <laughs> like it's just like <laughs> it would just be, you know, like yeah. oh, then the, yeah. But um, really like but Chip yes. Douglas from the Cable Guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, my favorite, my favorite line from the Cable Guy. Quick segue is, uh, you know, my brother is a uh, is a fairly brilliant speech therapist, <laughs> and then and then Jim Carrey just like kind of like hugs himself a little bit, and he's like, 
though. <laughs> though. Oh man, that's though. a classic. <laughs> that's such a. My little brother didn't know what Cable Guy was. Really? Like, like, small oh. tear. You got to. You got to go ahead and show it to him then. With a, during it should be a quarantine uh, play a playlist. Um, and other news this week. Uh, also terrifying news this week is uh, the, the fact that uh, these murder hornets have made their mm. way to the United States. It's always, everything's trying to kill us. <laughs> I mean, everything. I'm looking at my golden retrievers now suspiciously. Like, what are you going to do next? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Murder hornets. I heard about that. I guess they came over from Japan. Not blaming the Japanese on this one, but, you know, just a... Fact. The conspiracy um, theorists are just loving us. They're like, all of Asia oh, yeah. is trying to take well, out the United States right now. Is what well, they're all saying. Something, that was something somebody in <laughs> my house said. Was like, was like, it's from Asia. Everything's coming from Asia. <laughs> and I kind of stopped, and I was like, well, Asia is a pretty big place. Yeah. Like, it's like half the world. So, um, but that being said, uh, yes, murder hornets are uh, uh, terrifying little creatures although i've heard the bees are fighting back yeah well like, it's like the, it's like the sequel i don't know if you've back. seen like they basically hang around beehives and then when a bee comes by they grab it and decapitate it, decapitate it. And, and they, they do take it, it back very eat it. fast they're like very fast about it too yeah. they're like very like agile but what i heard was is that the bees um have figured i mean if if, if bees don't already have enough issues to worry about like yeah. i mean <laughs> the bee population is already down significantly i guess according to mark Wahlberg, and um <laughs> basically uh <laughs> but points if you get that reference in the uh in the, in the comments <laughs> but uh Anyways, so the bees already seem to be having enough problems, and then they have to worry about getting decapitated on their way to work. And uh, supposedly, the bees have come up with a a defense plan, like literally, I'm not joking about this, where they they form like a tight, like enclosure using their bodies around the hornet so once they locate the hornet they'll they'll surround it and they'll they'll enclose it and then they use their they like radiate their body heat and they like cook the hornet until it's dead what that, yeah. that can't be real it's real well it i mean sounds like it's real. fake news to me it's real according to fox news <laughs> okay well I heard it from a scientist on Fox News, Jordan. Don't don't screw me on this one. No, but uh, but that no, dude, that's what I heard. That's and crazy. these the things you're, they're all so huge. These freaking yeah. I saw another video uh, which will roll. We could roll here, um, which is I saw on. I don't know if you follow Nature Is Metal on Instagram or Twitter. It's a great account if you're in the just seeing all the horrible sides of nature that uh, vegans love to ignore. But <laughs> there's this video of a praying <laughs> mantis holding, like, captures one of these murder hornets and just starts eating on its head. Just, like, just eating, oh, it, yeah. eating it away like it's, like, it's, like it's a sandwich. But the murder hornet stingers still like coming around as his brain and head i don't know bugs probably don't have brains but as yeah. his head is almost uh, completely gone brains. trying yeah. to stab him with his with his, with his uh it's like watching stinger. it's like watching a uh like a scorpion and um uh, i don't know a tarantula fight or something yeah. but 
dude yeah those those kind of things it's like they're all i they're they're fun to watch but they take forever it's like you wish that there was like you know the cliff notes version where like <laughs> like they had several angles yeah. <laughs> of the fight then yeah. they could cut out a lot of the boring you know like <laughs> slow like you know <laughs> that you know you're just basically turns watching a, the jim jarmish version as opposed to yes. the michael bay version yes exactly <laughs> you, you uh, look see this is how this is how you can relate to me <laughs> uh, <laughs> no but uh but yeah, man, that's it's uh, terrifying. It is pretty pretty terrifying place. Uh, we don't have enough to worry about. If, if you guys have any cool like links to stuff, like weird things in nature, go ahead and link them. We'll talk about them on the show. We love that stuff. Be careful. You're you're opening up a door to all sorts of links that are going to be sent to us. We're going to have to hire an intern and then pay for their therapy oh, no. after we start sending us that stuff. <laughs> anyway, um, all right. So what we're going to do is take a quick break, and we're going to talk. Be back uh, talking to our good friend Zach Anner, and uh, we'll talk to you in the show. Men or women, this one's for you. Let me take a second to talk to you about GORUCK. Now, you've heard us on this show talk about their awesome endurance events, which are, you know, great for fitness and team building. But, of course, they are known for their amazing gear. Some of the best gear in the world, actually. I, myself, own a GR1 rucksack for all my rucking and training. I also have one of their uh, 30-pound ruck plates, which is so convenient because I could just drop it in the laptop compartment on my bag, and I have a weighted ruck. It's super cool. But one of my all time favorite things that they offer are their sandbags. Now, if you've never trained with a sandbag, you're in for a treat. I love that you can keep it in the trunk of your car and take it to the park and you have a gym anywhere. Ever try doing sandbag man makers with 60 pounds? I mean, you get a fun and very hard training session in really quickly. Um, It's a big bag of suck in all the right ways. Now, Even if you're not in the rucking, they have tons of sleek apparel for the outdoors in addition to their gear uh, that is tough as nails and built to military standards. Also, their apparel and gear offer their scars a lifetime warranty, so you buy the item once and that's it. You're set for life. But you know what the greatest thing is about GORUCK? All of it is made in the good old USA and by Special Forces veterans, mind you. It doesn't get more badass than that. That's right. America. To check out GORUCK gear, go to gentlemanscofflaw.com slash GORUCK, and anything you buy through that link helps support the show. That's gentlemanscofflaw.com slash GORUCK. Whether it's for your fitness regimen, your, you know, your outdoor lifestyle, or just, you know, a great bag for everyday carry, um, you're going to want to check them out. GORUCK, built in the USA. All right. I'm excited to have this guest, uh good friend for a long time and friend of the show second time on the gentleman's <laughs> golf law podcast how, how many how many who's the, the most frequent guest uh currently <laughs> you uh tanner and uh bobby henline are the are the two first but you know what i think he beat them because i think this is his third time and they yeah right is it so third? this is his third time that's true here? you you've appeared in in some other like sketches and recordings we've done so we're the third, yeah, like when we did, we did there some we uh, stuff for Christmas a few years ago, where everybody like oh, left some Christmas voicemails. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you were in that. Cool. <laughs> How you doing, man? I'm doing well. Yeah. I'm, uh, back home in Buffalo, in my childhood home, uh, in my childhood bedroom, and it feels great. 
I'm 35, and this is where we ended up. <laughs> oh gosh, that's so. Is your childhood room still the same, or is your has your mom made any alterations to it or anything? Or? Um, if anything, there's more stuffed animals now. <laughs> No, I, I think saw it's, it's roughly the same. I feel like because uh, I, I moved, we moved to this house when I was about 14. Uh, and yeah, it hasn't changed that much. I saw a picture of the Eiffel Tower in there. So clearly you were a very cultured 14 year old. Yeah, yeah, my, yeah. my aunt uh, painted me that because I there went we to. This was a, a gift for my 13th birthday because when I was 12, we went to Europe with my dad. Oh, and fun. so, uh, yeah, that's the only culture I have, though. <laughs> that's it. Not bad. Not on, the, bad. Me up. on the opposite wall, is there a picture of Britney Spears or, <laughs> or uh, schoolgirl outfit? <laughs> no, there's, there's, there's some, there's a picture of me at the top of the, of the, Sears Tower, now the Willis Tower. <laughs> um, you got, you got something for towers and, and, and buildings. That's, that's yeah. your, that's your I, know, I feel like once it gets the, <laughs> the level of notoriety as the uh, Sears Tower, you can't change the name no matter who buys it. Yeah. It's true. Yeah, I still call it the Sears Tower. I was shocked to find out that they had renamed it. It felt like uh, it felt like a, a, a violation of yeah. the London city. That's true. That's true. I mean, I didn't care that much about it, but it was still like I'm not accepting it. Yeah, right. I don't even know what Willis is. I mean, I know I barely know what Sears is because I haven't Works. been there in 20 years. But <laughs> I mean, is there a Sears? I there, there, there. You know what? There is one in Santa Monica. It was designated a historical landmark. <laughs> I don't really know if you. I don't. I don't know if you can go into it, but. It, there is the, technically a Sears does still exist. Well, I'd like to know the person that got up and went to the, the like this is like the town like the council meeting and was like, yeah. we need we need to have a Sears museum. Yeah. We gotta keep this for the kids. They need to know what yeah. Sears was a place where you could buy both a riding mower and gym shorts in the same uh, shopping trip. Gosh. That sounds great. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I don't know what I what why'd we stop doing that. <laughs> well, you, I mean, I understand the internet. It breaks everything. Yeah. But that sounds like that was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Blame Amazon. Lacey went through a Sears at a mall in the last couple of years. I forget which one it was. Maybe there's one. Is there one in Burbank or maybe it was in North Hollywood uh, or maybe. something? Yeah, that sounds about right. Burbank sounds about right. That seems like maybe it would survive in Burbank for a while. She went through and there was nobody in there. She said it was like a ghost town, but then this like manager like popped out of nowhere and was like, hey, <laughs> what? she's like, hey, are you looking for anything? Can yeah. I help you? And she goes, and he goes, oh, you're going to the mall, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> the most saddest thing. Uh, Even malls well, are, that's are really. A... <laughs> that's the point of being a manager of Sears now yeah. is that you just help people who are lost yeah. and yeah. found themselves. In <laughs> <laughs> You're a glorified, uh, glorified directions. Uh, oh yeah. What do they I call can them? Help you get out of here. We can yeah. get out of this. <laughs> Sounds like a Twilight it's episode. It's too late for me, but you can still run. <laughs> Well, I feel like it used to be like that with malls in general until I moved out to California. It seems like malls in California are still 
a bigger deal. But well, because they're all outdoors. Yeah, That's man. the thing is that they all converted them to be outdoor malls, which is cooler. But I do think that the 2000 I, here's here's my theory. Being a millennial, uh, I think the 2009 financial crisis, the malls took a big hit. But then again, the retail retail is is sort of down. So you know, I don't. That's know. a hot take. Yeah, <laughs> hot take. Clip that. Clip that and put it on <laughs> Business Insider. Effective <laughs> retail. I'm just a millennial, but uh, outdoor malls, pretty cool. Yeah, great. Um, Jordan, you are very aggressively. Saying that you are from Los Angeles today. What's I going am. on? Because <laughs> he's saying that because because we're not there. Because yeah, we're, exactly. we're both exiles. Gotta represent Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, because I don't this want anyone to see. This is a weird seem... time for you to get into baseball. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> terrible time. No, this is my my oblig- obligatory. Uh, you know, Los Angeles. Move to Los Angeles. You got to get a Dodgers cap. Um, but also, my quarantine hair is kind of looking a little ridiculous. I kind of, it's getting high on top. I hate to tell you this, Jordan. Please. It looks the same as it always does. Please. They're a ladies present. Put that back on. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I wore this, uh, I wore this uh, when I went home, and uh, my whole family gave me crap. My brother was saying, hey, look at him. He's an L.A. guy. He's an L.A. guy. I'm like, I, got, I don't know. I got, you got to support the city you live in. Yeah, except I mean, except when it's LA. If they're doing well, at least. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Got to support all those. Uh, you know, a, a city whose population is mostly homeless at this point. What yeah. Is, well, what has done? What has done well for Buffalo in a while? Let's. I don't know much about sports. Don't, but. Wings. Don't, don't ask that. That's not. That's not going to lead to any joyful conversation. Here's the thing. We we almost did well in football. We got to the playoffs this uh, year. Oh, that's right. And then we were just winning the first half and no, no pun intended. The second half, which is a very Buffalo thing to do. You, the way Buffalo works is you get people's hopes up and then you crush them. <laughs> and the more that you can crush them, like they only win to have the disappointment be bigger. <laughs> But yeah. you get yeah, you get extra points if you do it during a blizzard or like the biggest yeah. snowstorm of the year. Yeah, Jeez. I you know what I did recently? What? So I I don't play a lot of video games, but I um I <laughs> I bought I bought John Madden on Xbox oh just so that I could make myself a character and play as the Bills. And experience what it was like to win a Super Bowl. So I put it on the easiest setting you possibly could, and I won a Super Bowl as the Bills. This sounds like a Disney movie waiting to happen. <laughs> oh man, that's like almost like VR. You basically created your own VR experience of yeah, yeah. You didn't have a guy who looked like me, and you can make the guys kind of look like you, but they didn't have. A wheelchair or anything. <laughs> so what I did was I made, oh, I made a football player, a quarterback who was five, six, and four hundred pounds. <laughs> and man, he could not be knocked down. He started running. It wasn't very fast, but you couldn't tackle him. <laughs> 
that, man. that's how you know representation has hit an all-time high is when they start <laughs> providing uh wheelchair options in madden uh you know why the madden not? Video game. it's a I, video I, game i'm all for Who it cares? yeah yeah Person, you should do it <laughs> gosh i uh to make me think of when I was a kid, I uh, my my cousins had this karate game on the old Nintendo, and I didn't know uh, it was really easy for me to play, and I I was just kicking ass on this karate game every at every round, um, and I found out I was playing two player mode. Oh my <laughs> and god! I was one player. So did that so did that did that sense of false confidence just carry you through your whole life? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I didn't last very long because at one point I was playing like a whole afternoon and like then uh he came in and realized he's like, Oh, he's like, you are on two player mode and he like and he went to the menu and went back and back and played and I could not play the game. I was so terrible at it. I just gave up right away. Uh that's tough. No. Like, because if that's your, where you're starting with video games, there's really no nowhere left to go. <laughs> exactly. You're the best player that ever was because <laughs> there are no other players. <laughs> so what happens? I don't know. Jeez, I I was uh, looking into <laughs> looking into uh, getting an old Nintendo or like one of those old Nintendo simulators to have something have more things to waste time during this this quarantine and what did what did we discover well they there's a <laughs> bunch of these you could buy online like that come from china for like 30 to 40 bucks china. and like have a bunch of old arcade and nintendo games on them apparently though some of them are like uh bootlegged and in different languages or like there might be glitches in some of the games uh, and might stuff. Be, might it, might I feel like that's, a, that's a good that's a good investment. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. Order one and then report back on the podcast yeah. whether or not it's legit. And report or back you in the to learn Chinese just to play Mario. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> report back in the language that you had to learn in order to to play it. Exactly. So you know. But uh, Mandarin educational and fun. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Yeah. They're, they're doing a, the whole world a favor. Yeah. I remember as a kid going to a mall at one of the video game stores and there was some game where you'd play like regular Mario, but there was all these hidden things in it. Like I used to call it invisible Mario as a kid. So you could like run across one of the like the craters and you wouldn't fall through and stuff and it was like i i think that's what this was was like some one of the bootleg games or something um see that seems like perfect for you as yeah. somebody who, who <laughs> likes playing video games with absolutely no resistance whatsoever exactly like why don't you the, why don't we do that yeah, that seems what, great yeah. <laughs> let's try it out we could all we i don't know if there's a way to hook it up through the internet but we could all play against each other and i could just play by myself <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah that's it. we could just, just all watch now. you play <laughs> with with no opposition yeah. And just sail through. I should just great. I should just start a streaming channel where it's just me playing by myself on two play two player Twitch, Twitch yeah Twitch stream that uh, that business. I'm sure you'll 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 get a big following. Yeah. Um. So what what have you what are you guys both been doing in this? I mean Zach, what have you been doing? in this quarantine what are the oh, i'm sorry activities? i forgot i don't i don't matter <laughs> yeah, well we yeah, talked like... about this earlier 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, what, yeah, what, well, whatever. <laughs> it's only been a week. Wait, isn't it? This is my eighth week of being back in P- Buffalo, oh. and um, so far. I've played a bunch of Yahtzee <laughs> and uh, done some uh, writing, a little bit of writing, a little bit of uh, script writing with Jillian. That's good. Um, and uh, that's been fun. And uh, then it really, you know, the way that the day goes is I always plan to take a shower, and it's <laughs> about a 25% chance that I will. Today was one of those days where I was like, oh, I got to do something. I should take a shower. And then I I didn't. <laughs> and mainly my, my days are, could be described in what I didn't do. Like, <laughs> I didn't do a lot. I can relate to that. Yeah. No, I could I could definitely relate to that, uh, especially as a uh, as a married person who doesn't do anything in the day. Right? Doesn't now. doesn't Jim Gaffigan have that joke where he's like he's like yeah some days it's like you you know you uh, all you have to do is just take a shower and you're like well time for bed. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. That's what That's it all. Feels yeah. Like all the days are blended oh, together. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, and then the the big thing is that I've just been prepping you to to move me out of Los Angeles. Yeah, it's true. Right? Just you've been get, getting all. I feel like I've my my purpose in life is to make you busy. <laughs> yeah, that's what right. You've been doing. Like getting your getting mail. my mail, moving all my stuff. <laughs> You're gonna hire gentlemen scofflaw moving services to uh, you know <laughs> to get yes. you out of to get you out of LA. And I've been trying to get you to take a vacation in my apartment before it's gone. Yeah, Down, downtown, baby. Me up on that, as far as I know. Which we might do. I mean, we we, we were we, we Lacey and I went and picked up some stuff last week, and we're like, we should come downtown and you know make a night of it. And we're like, oh crap, there's nothing to do downtown right now. We're like, gonna, oh, there's I a mean, nice restaurant. True. There's a nice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the. It really is like uh, kind of this. This whole time is really. Uh, if you ponied up and were like, I'm going to live in one of the most expensive cities, yeah. you, are, the, you, you you made a huge mistake. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's nothing going on. It's, um, a, it's a nice, expensive vacation is what it is. One thing yeah. that I saw was cool downtown, because uh, since the streets are mostly empty, um, I guess you kind of got out of it before before the shutdown happened. Uh, Zach, but there was just like three guys that were racing on uh, moped bikes down down in your area. Like you know the those bikes that you convert into like a motorized bike where you put the lawnmower on it. So oh man! It's like oh that'd be fun to do in L.A. when there's no cars around. Yeah, until the cops freaking like shoot you for you know for being Have out of doors without a mask. Seen, like- the the have you looked out at the sky is the pollution less jordan have you noticed it does seem like definitely like i haven't been out much at night but this the the smog isn't as bad as it as it has been uh in the past for sure like it's it's definitely clearer when you like at least even in the beginning of the the quote-unquote lockdown uh when the trails were still open when i went up and like you could still see the city very clearly much more so than before so i I bet it's better now but i haven't been up anywhere where i could see it 
the irony is that this time of year around like March, April, May time, it's like all the rain and wind comes in and it like clears all that stuff out anyways. So I'm sure like, I'm sure it's super crisp. I mean, Glendale is pretty nice to begin with. Right. I mean, like usually you're not getting like a whole lot of the brunt of the pollution up there. No, but not, not as much. But uh, you yeah. do get the brunt of uh, the dr- the drivers that can mow you over while you're. <laughs> <on the laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. People just yeah, zoom Glen- around. Glendale seemed like the like it was. It seemed the most like uh, like a suburb of any place I've visited in LA. Yeah. I looked at apartments there too. Yeah. And, uh, I was like looking for places to walk around and it's like, there was like, I think a waffle house. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There's, that's the thing is like in Glendale, there's only two places where you could walk around is like, if you live downtown, like with the the brand and stuff. And then if you go up the hill, like Montrose, there's a bunch of walkable stuff there, which is where we're close. We're closer to Montrose than downtown. But other than that, yeah, it's mostly suburban and it's very rolling. Like it's still like it's suburban, but you're still in the hills. So it's like a weird combo that <laughs> you don't have in other places. Yeah, it's, a, it's a cool place. See, this like is it. fascinating to me. But as you were saying that, I was like, this has got to be the most boring conversation <laughs> for anyone who's not from the one guy who's like, describing I love Glendale. Describing Glendale. Not what you tune into a podcast yeah. for. Like, oh, ooh, I might like, want to move there someday. <laughs> tune, in next, yeah. tune in next week when we go to Burbank. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or when we go to Altadena. <laughs> You said you're working on some scripts. Is there anything you could talk about or you got to keep it under wraps? Steve, we're, we're, um, what we're working on now is a, is a script uh, that's sort of loosely based on just what a big dork I was when I was 12. Um, and uh, so I, I don't want to give too much away. But you know me, so uh, <laughs> there's uh, uh, basically it's got every embarrassing thing from when I was 12. So in the pilot, uh, you know, not only am I knocking everything over in all my classrooms because I have no motor skills, but I also urinate on myself. So not much has changed <laughs> from being 12 to being 35. Uh, that, 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 I still manage to do that every I now mean, and then. <laughs> I mean, at least you at least you don't play uh, you know video games on two player mode with nobody else in the room. <laughs> I, mean, I, I think I think you still have <laughs> you still have good quality. Prevalency there, but I also <laughs> the the point that uh, that my mom makes to me in the script that she didn't make to me in real life, but I gave it to her. <laughs> is that, is that uh, you know how lucky you are to have friends that. Uh, make you laugh so hard you pee yourself yeah. and you know i'm sorry to say jordan you are not one of those friends <laughs> oh. you're pretty funny but i don't I'm have i ever peed myself in front of you no i don't think so see that's that's, that's a real you knock know. on you i'm sorry <laughs> that's how you know <laughs> next time when i when i'm when i'm uh putting any of my friends or or you know future wife uh through the litmus test i'll know that <laughs> if i laugh so hard that i pee myself you know she's the one 
Yeah, I mean, really. And is there a better bonding experience than than soiling yourself and and, <laughs> and having someone help especially, you through yeah. it? I was gonna say, you especially if they have to. That. Yeah. Have there been any like Jordan? I know this is a gentleman's stop plot, <laughs> but have, have <laughs> you and Lacey had any close calls? <laughs> I, I've had a couple, but no, not in, I mean, oh, the, I mean, I have a story of one of my of the time I have d- done it to myself, but uh, uh, not not <laughs> lazy has has been spared that uh, that situation so far. But there was there was. How, how do you think she would react? <laughs> she, you know, she actually she's pretty laid back. She wouldn't care. She would just kind of laugh it off for the most part. Like it wouldn't be become a big deal. I, I would almost, I would almost feel better if she cared, though. I mean, yeah. you know, well, I feel she, like, I mean, but she wouldn't be mad about it or grossed out by it. She'd just yeah. laugh at you and walk yeah. away. So you have some, you have a uh, such a, a supportive partner yeah. that you could be crapping your pants all day, every day. She <laughs> wouldn't care, and you're not. Taking advantage of that <laughs> privilege? I know I should. I should test it out, especially after Halal guys the next yeah, morning. Just go, I see. Just, just go to uh, you know Taco Bell and get their breakfast, <laughs> and then take a long car drive up to Santa Clarita, and then see you know see what happens. I feel like I may have totally brought down the the vibe of the podcast. No, not, <laughs> no, at, all. not at all. There's uh, no after after the Joe Rogan podcast. He was talking with Chris D'Elia about you know about uh, uh, such things for o- over an hour. So I think we're <laughs> I think we're good. I think we're good. The, uh, I nice. did. I I don't know if I might have told you this story, Zach. But there was a time when I like uh, that where I vividly remember doing this and nobody was around. But it was like the one of the <laughs> one of the most disgusting things is I I always you know I've always been a walker or a hiker and I went on a walk and miscalculated how much time I needed before I needed to go to the bathroom and I thought at one point I thought okay I could make another lap around the block and take it home and I'll be fine. Um, Wait, but it, you made another lap? Well, I mean I I you could had finish to go the. And you're like oh it's, it's you got cocky yeah. He, he got he like, got cocky. The block. Yeah, I got cocky. Yeah, I can do this. And uh, and then at one point it just like I could I felt it and I was like, there's no way like I've, I I got to start running. And so I ran home and I wait. Ran, did you have your rock on? No, this was this was like I, I was oh, okay. I was still in college at this point. This was okay. like in Quebec when I still lived there. But so I uh, <laughs> I just remember just like holding my cheeks and then running home. And then putting my key into the door to get in the building of my my apartment building, and I don't know if you've ever had like a tube of like toothpaste or something that still comes keeps come squeezing out after you've already stopped squeezing it. Well, that's like what it was. I couldn't control it, and I could feel it coming out like a tube of toothpaste. I'm not brushing my teeth. It, it, it was just a big steaming ball in in my shorts as the key went into the door. Um, and but well, still, at least you were home. Yeah, and I, I have to say, Jordan, the, the fact 
that you can you can tell this story so vividly, <laughs> and that it hasn't made it into a script. It's just it was a huge yeah. It's, it's clearly <laughs> those, those are the formative moments. <laughs> clearly, a turning point in your life. life. Well, the the worst part is I went, so I still had to really go. So I went into my into my bathroom at home, dropped my shorts, and my shorts inverted and dropped the ball onto the tile. Oh, no. Well, oh wow! <laughs> well, at least it was tile. Yeah, it was not carpet. It was just a, it was a definitely. But oh. I know I know Zach has one in his book. If you guys want to grab yeah. a book, that's really fun. Oh yeah, that's the great way, way to plug my book. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you've loved this conversation, <laughs> check out If at First You Don't Succeed. Exactly. Available in all formats to be right on the toilet. <laughs> exactly. Oh, jeez. Um, but, uh, yeah, so uh, I don't know where to go from <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it always ends up becoming the scatological on, po- on well, podcasts. The, the issue is I feel like there's no more human moment yeah. than, than doing that. Because we, we, we dress ourselves up and we think, oh, we're, you know, we're hoity-toity and we, we, we don't do those things. And I feel like Especially in these times, it sort of reveals your humanity. When you take all those oh, things shit. away that we think we're in control of, mm-hmm. and then you say, we're all people who are just a walk around the block away from <laughs> crapping their pants. Like, that is just the, the purest moment someone can have. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's humbling, you know? It's, it's definitely a starting point for uh, self-improvement. <laughs> I say if you're looking to improve yourself, just go there. I female guests on this podcast. <laughs> Except oh, for man. the one that was mentioned earlier who, you know, wouldn't care if Jordan. Uh, <laughs> you know, if Jordan yeah. <laughs> We've had Michelle Carroll's been on before. I think that's with two, <laughs> two female guests. Yeah. Well, we at least got, she yeah. has two women's names. Yeah. We'll say 2.5 on that one. <laughs> but uh, I've, I I actually, I, I have been reaching out to a lot of, of female guests. I think in the beginning it was more, it was more intimidating, but now I can point to those other episodes and steer them away from this episode. When it comes to booking guests. Glad I could help. <laughs> oh man! Sometimes I always feel like when we when we're booking guests, like I always think, wait, what was the late? What did we say on the latest episode that would deter them from coming on? <laughs> Yeah, oh, and what's nice is that you can cut this out. You won't. <laughs> I won't. But you could. I wouldn't could. dream of it. I could. This is this is gold, Zach. <laughs> this is comedy gold. <laughs> comedy gold. Um, so, I mean, what what have you been up to since the last time we we talked like, that people would want to know about? I mean, you've been posting <sighs> a lot of a lot of uh, videos during this quarantine. That's, you know what? It's that this this time, um, you know, as as terrible as it is, there's been a part of it that is, um, you know, I'm trying to be grateful for having the time with family and also the time to to make ridiculous things that I wouldn't have otherwise made. Yeah. And like, I think um, in terms of just like putting stuff out there and realizing that it has 
Like, it, like I used to think, oh, it's got to be perfect or the, the edits have to be uh, better than they are. But now I'm just doing all this one-take stuff, yeah. uh, thinking about, like, oh, is this going to brighten someone's day? Could yeah. this make a little bit of a difference? And it's, it's, it doesn't really matter if you put a ton of effort into something. It, the, the result, as long as you're joyful, it, pretty much the same yeah for sure i don't know if you've found that yeah uh, it seems like every time i put my heart and soul into something it doesn't seem to make any difference (laughs) yeah so uh, so, you know just uh trying to to make optimistic stuff which i think is somewhat uh more necessary these days definitely and i think that I, one good thing is like for artists and and comedians and stuff is that there's always this kind of pressure to make sure everything that goes out is like as perfect as it could be. Um, and now it's like that pressure is kind of lifted because everybody's in the same boat. Everyone has the same tools. Even you watch late night and they haven't figured out how to use their iPhones. <laughs> so you're still, you're still at an advantage of producing content. But now what matters is really what you have to say, the, you know, how funny you are, what you get, that kind of stuff is more important than the obstacle of cr- actually creating it. Unless you're yeah, on TikTok. And I think it, what, what's been interesting about watching these late night hosts is uh, a lot of them know how to play to an audience of a couple hundred people. But when you're like putting stuff on, on YouTube and you're just filming things on your iPhone, yeah. it's about one person. Right. And I think that a lot of them just don't understand when an audience isn't like laughing hysterically. Yeah. And it's just, throwing them off a little bit yeah have so the late this, night this is the time of the youtuber baby yeah have the late night guys been able to have they been able to i mean i i don't watch late night tv anyways but i know that they were like trying to do stuff to cope to begin with but have they been able to keep anything rolling with their content uh they definitely are, are all putting up content to varying degrees of success yeah, yeah right um and i think you know, it's it's sort of like John Oliver does a pretty good job still. Yeah, I like, see that. Feels yeah. like the same show, but right. like, a lot of the other ones are just like waiting for the laughs, and it's like the audience isn't there, dude. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that's that. I guess if you've been doing it for as long as they have, you get into like just your brain is in that rut of this is the format of it. You just gotta, right. you know, practice <laughs> practice it in a new way. I it's funny, like the I've always thought, and I don't know if you think this, Zach, but in YouTube, especially like in the early days with like vlog style videos or like like an address to the camera, I always found that like the jump cut was almost like the punchline in a video. Like that's like that's kind yeah. of the format that it took. Where like you can never do that in late night, but I feel like that. I don't know. For me, that's always kind of how I used it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think in terms of the stuff that I do, and I'm not a master of anything by any means whatsoever. But like when when I do a jump cut, it's more like like giving the mo giving the audience a moment of um, awkwardness yeah. to take it in because the awkwardness 
oftentimes gets the laugh more than the punch itself. Yeah. So like if I do a joke and I laugh at it, I'm sort of being my own audience and and it's like we're we're laughing together and instead of me presenting something to you that I think you should laugh at. Yeah. And I think that just makes it more intimate and fun. Yeah, for sure. By the way, that's how we're going to credit you as uh, a master of, uh, what would you say? A master of nothing whatsoever. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's how, that's, that's the Chiron we're going to give you. Um, have you ever done, have you ever done any stand up? Uh, I did stand up once. Uh, yeah. When I was doing the the travel show on the Oprah Network, we, yeah. we they did a thing where I had to go to Caroline's, which is this club in New York City, and they wanted me to write uh, stand up based on the previous forty eight hours in New York. Yeah. So all the material would be stuff that was already in the show. Right. So we basically the first time I read. Uh, those jokes uh, was the when I performed them on stage. Yeah. So like we wrote them that day, um, and then I performed them that night. And then like little, they had cue cards taped to the floor of my with my material on it because I couldn't like it was literally the first time I had said it all out loud. So wow. it was terrifying. That's terrible. I remember watching that. That was that was nerve wracking watching that episode. <laughs> yeah, and, and I would have like completely bombed on stage at the end. Like some of the material went well, but then like I had this big closer, and I ran out of breath in the middle of the closer. Oh no! And it was just about to kill the punchline, and then my wheelchair broke on stage. <laughs> And saved it. Because oh, <laughs> I was so nervous that I was pushing so hard on my wheelchair that I broke a bolt in my whole wheelchair back. Holy crap. Yeah, it was great. How much force would have that had to take to, to break it? I mean, it's it was a lot. Like, I was really pushing up against that thing. It's crazy. Oh, man. I forgot about that, about, about that happening. But I, I remember that the jokes that you wrote were... Most of the most of the you had a lot of humor in most of your segments on that show. People didn't have the same reps and experience you had with hosting and, and writing writing bits and jokes and stuff. Yeah, it was, it was strange because there are so many people with that skill set. Yeah, <laughs> like I feel like I feel like everyone's a host now. Yeah, maybe. There's some people that I, still do I it try. pretty awkwardly. I, <laughs> yeah, I, but they still everyone can get a show. I think it's the that's the easy thing in the world to just get on TV. Don't let anyone tell you it isn't. <laughs> I can do it. Anyone can do it. <laughs> that's Good one. Takeaway. That's one thing though that people don't like with your Oprah thing. If we want to talk about that for our listeners that don't know, which you can listen to our last episode, we'll link to it in the show notes where we talked with Zach about it, but. By the time you got on that show, it was a reality show basically for somebody to get their own show that they would host. You had had so much experience in college and in your videos growing up and stuff, being in front of a camera and doing that stuff. And people don't see all that thing. They see a bunch of reality show contestants and they think it's new to them. But you had all these reps under your belt. 
Yeah, it was, it was uh, like our college experience definitely helped a lot with that. Um, but I was surprised how many people were coming into it and they just had no idea what was going on. And I think what really helped me on that show was that, like, I understood and respected the crew a lot and what they were doing and what they were trying to do. So, like, it, having some knowledge of, of all the aspects of production, which we got a good sense of at, at the University of Texas, was like, yeah. it really gave me a leg up on things. Yeah, for sure. And you, I mean, you more so than I, but you were always involved with like the, the, the student television station and like people that came out of people that went to UT film school um, did not necessarily have the same experience as we had as being involved with, <laughs> with the student television because you had to, in order to, to learn film production, you have to be doing it. You can't do it in a classroom. And so many people could just go through film school and just sit there and learn it in academic sense, but never have had made anything by the time they get out. Yeah, I think that would, I mean, sometimes I'd miss the just like having to, because we, we did a couple of, of shows together yeah. and like having the deadline of, we need to do an episode a week was, was just really great uh, in terms of instilling a work ethic and just understanding a production pipeline and stuff. Yeah, for sure. I just, I remember sometimes there'd be times where we'd be running the hard drive or the CD uh, DVD or the tape or whatever it was to to the studio and as it was airing on local television like actually over the airwaves in people's homes was the first time that, we, that it was yeah. playing first in its entirety we'd anywhere we've noticed all these like edits we didn't make i'm like i think there were a couple times where we actually had to export the first half and run it to the station and well and also be like exporting the second half yeah. just to get it done and like it was it was nuts that was um, crazy and my favorite memory though and i hate to bring it back to uh toilet humor <laughs> but please uh, you remember i made you do the we did a sketch called the 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 handicapped stall yeah and where where i made you pretend like you were were uh like taking over the big accessible stall yeah and then there were all of these people with disabilities waiting outside and you were embarrassed and you didn't like the idea of, of being somebody who was on the toilet. <laughs> and we knew, we knew this and we filmed you and it was, we, <laughs> we called you over from your dorm as we were editing and we said, you have to make the noises of going to the, you have to make, we need we want you to be able to make the noises of the the diarrhea and and we, there was no reason for us to do that but we just knew that it would upset you <laughs> so we had you going into the mic and being like <laughs> we were very timid about it too that's weird but that's one of my fondest memories that's funny <laughs> I, I don't it's funny i don't remember being timid but i think it was I think that was when we first started doing stuff. 
It was like <laughs> I was new to the to the troupe while you guys had been doing uh, that. That's awesome was the name of the sketch show for a while before I had gotten there. <laughs> yeah. That was a funny it, show. It's such a great concept, too, because it's like who hasn't like, you know, you have choice of two stalls. It's like who hasn't taken the handicap stall? I mean, you know, everybody, everybody wants that stall. Yeah. It's, you know, it's the it's the uh, whatever the. What would they call it? Like the the suite in the house that's like the biggest like suite, uh, like the bedroom master suite bedroom. or whatever. Yeah, the master bedroom. It's the master bedroom of the bathroom. <laughs> Let's just be honest. But if God. you take that stall, I feel like the agreement is I get to stare you down. Oh, <laughs> for sure. You have yeah. to be able to take that shake. That's yeah. the gamble. That's the gamble that you take every time. And if you run it, and and it's and it's, I, I feel like it's twice as bad if you encounter somebody with polio crutches. <laughs> Is it? I mean, I don't know. I feel like any any disability. Like, have you ever had that experience where you've walked out and there's just been there's been someone in a wheelchair or on crutches? I I was lucky. I the the one time that I ever came close, it was it was a very close call. But I was leaving just as they were coming in, so it was almost like a half. Like it was like I got half shame. So you primed it for I I did. <laughs> well, you know, I like to think that I primed it uh, equal equal parties. You know, I primed the whole bathroom for anybody. You're trying to in. make the case that you are fifty percent a terrible person. Yeah, fifty percent. <laughs> you know, because honestly, let's let's put it this way: I could have just stayed in there and watched YouTube videos and took my time, but I you know, I was hasty about it. I was prompt. I got out. And they were, they, you know, I, I held the door open for them as they went in. So, you know. That's so thoughtful of you. <laughs> you piece of shit. I am a gentleman scofflaw. This is half, 50% of who I am. So, you know. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> good times. Oh, yeah. There, we, we had a lot of good times in Austin. I think a lot about Austin. I'm like, ah, what, should I move back there someday? Who knows? It's probably changed so much, but it's been a while. I, I feel like Austin's whole the, the the homeostasis for Austin is that it has changed and it, it's never as good as it was. Yeah, that's the the baseline. That's what everyone always says. Yeah, even when we went to school there, students. people were saying that. <laughs> yeah, but that's made me realize that Austin is probably fine. Yeah, <laughs> everyone's always saying that. Yeah, it's true. I I almost think like. What I like about Austin, though, is even when I go back and it's changed a lot, there's still, like, an energy that the city has while you're there where it's, like, it's not, like, tense like New York, but it's, and it's not, like, also, like, maybe it's, like, it's got, like, the energy of, like, a New York, but the laid back of, like, an L.A. There's, like, this cool kind of, like, it feels like, oh, stuff is happening, but it's also all right. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to say. Yeah. I feel like, um... The difference with Austin versus like LA, especially, is is uh, LA has a like a a sincerity problem. Yeah, that's true. Because, uh, uh, and I don't think people mean to do it, but when you say that you're going to hang out with somebody in LA, you never mean it. <laughs> like it's like sometime is this nebulous thing, like. Like, and it depends entirely on traffic. 
Like, I think whether or not you have a, a friendship is entirely based on whether or not you want to spend the time in the car to see your friends. <laughs> I have a, I have a, I have a theory about that. I think it's, I think it's the fact that in LA, well, the difference between uh, sincerity in Austin and LA may be the fact that in Austin, it's very possible that anybody you meet could be carrying a gun as opposed to, uh, you know, in L.A., <laughs> you know that nobody's packing. So, you know, it's, there's this, you know, yeah, let's be honest, in, in in freer states with, you know, freer gun laws, you're, you're a little bit more polite. You know, there's not as much road rage because, uh, you know, you may get shot in the face. Yeah, I don't think I would. I, I've, I've never been afraid of anyone that has been like that. I'm pretty sure is just eating like avocado toast. <laughs> <laughs> Case in point, exactly. Like, yeah, you're, you're not intimidating if you've just come from brunch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, in your in your in your uh, uh, Prius. That's not that's not a. I feel like there's a lot of Priuses around here. Yeah, I think I think it's probably ninety percent Priuses. Yeah, and yeah. I always uh-huh. do the test, like when I'm driving around. If you see a truck, like in Texas, everybody has a truck or some sort of SUV. But in L.A., if you see a truck, there's like something in the back, like tools, and it's like a service vehicle, or there's like they're, they're hauling something. It's never just like a big empty truck, <laughs> like it is in yeah. Texas. <laughs> in, in Texas, everyone thinks they're gonna use that truck for something, yeah. and they never do. Yeah. <laughs> no. like, they don't. This will be the time where I. I gotta go get all that lumber for the, <laughs> and it's just like you. How often do you need a truck? I mean, it's great when you need it, but yeah. then you really do you need the person who drives it. Like, would you want to maintain a friendship with someone who drives a truck just for the off chance that you will need their truck someday? I mean, I mean you know. Yeah. Moving, <laughs> if, 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 coming from somebody who's moving, I, I think I, I think that I think that chance might be. I've definitely I've definitely factored that into certain relationships that I've, <laughs> that I've thought about, like defriending somebody on Facebook. I'm like, wait, does this person have a Toyota Tacoma? And yeah, that, that definitely I, affects my decision. I don't agree with your choice of vehicle <laughs> until I need it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. I. Uh, well, you could can't you just rent a truck for like twenty bucks a day from U-Haul if you need it? Uh, I mean, <laughs> no, no, you need to maintain the relationship have, yeah. for ten years, yeah, yeah, and then like a month before you're moving, you send out a message that's friendly and doesn't hey, ask for anything. Want to get brunch? Yeah, knowing that you're gonna need it again in a month. Yeah, that's how that's how it works. You could spend the twenty dollars, but instead. You you maintain a friendship for a decade. It's, it's about the experience. It's it's really about that that experience of of you know of, of being a terrible person and 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 basically uh, abusing a friendship that way. You know, everybody's yeah. got to do it, especially if you're a refrigerator. If I had the truck, though, I wouldn't tell people. I would just be like. I was like, oh, you wouldn't tell people. You, I wouldn't tell you'd people. Keep it in an underground I'd garage. I'd keep it under wraps. I'd park away. Like I wouldn't. <laughs> no. What if you had? What if you had one of those like toppers on the back that made it look like an SUV? Like it almost like it's like a fake. Like it, may, it turns into a suburban or a Forerunner, but then you could take it off when you know. I don't know. I think even if you have a 
suburban yeah. in LA people want to eat this. You can't do it. Yeah. You, have to, you have to have <laughs> they'll track you down. A truck that's disguised as a Prius. Yeah. Somehow. <laughs> a transformer is what we yeah. call it. Yeah. <laughs> right good. on. Well, <laughs> well, Zach, what are uh what are you gonna do when all this is over? What's what's your what's your what's your first thing you wanna do? Well, first thing I'm gonna need is for you to help me move back to Los Angeles. <laughs> We're around Los Angeles. full circle here, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's that's probably I mean, I'm I'm mentioned to get back to California. I I, yeah. I genuinely like it there. Yeah. Um so that's probably what I'll do. I mean, you know, look for work. I have no interesting answer to this question. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't given it any thought just in case, you know, this is going to last a long time. I don't want to get my hopes up. Yeah, no, my uh, expectations. You know, uh, but uh, I think I was thinking about, you know, who I would, because I'm not going to hug everybody anymore, you know. <laughs> So this, my hugs will be reserved for people that I genuinely care about, uh, you know. And that you've tested. And now I'm not going to give any high fives. I'm not going to do that. No. I'm just going to be cold and aloof. <laughs> <laughs> that's the bet. You know, I think that's most of America from now on. I feel like we can get rid of the handshake. Right. Yeah. Who likes it? Who likes it? I, never I like a good handshake, guys. I like a good handshake, especially said, like you know. You really like a good handshake. Oh yeah, man. I mean, it's there's just something you know. There's there's something there's, like, there's something there. I gotta I, say, I feel like it should be reserved for like special occasions, like signing contracts like or like asking for your father-in-law said, in marriage. Yeah. Wife, yeah. Hand like in marriage. I had a tweet the other day, like who actually likes a handshake? Besides Jay Leno, when he's trying to like, <laughs> pretend like he's folksy and doesn't have a manager, like that's always this thing. It's like it's just a handshake deal. <laughs> that's the beauty behind it. There's so much. There's so much that you can communicate in the handshake. Like I'm better than you. I'm so much better than you. You know, it's just it's you know, there's just there's so much there. I don't know. I've I've, I've gotten a lot of slimy handshakes where I'm just like, ugh. Sounds know. like you're hanging out with the wrong people. Maybe, but it's just <laughs> I don't know. Like wiping their noses before. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just like yeah, I mean who yeah. really I don't think I would want people to feel my hand. Did you like, it's nothing special? If I maybe like put on lotion every day, <laughs> which I don't. Like it, I, it's like I don't need to present this to anybody. What's that one part in Ocean's Eleven where Bernie Mac is like he's like trying to get the guy to sell him the vans for like half price or something, and like he shakes his hand, but like he like he kind of like holds it really tight, and he, he's like, "Oh, you have some soft hands there, sir." You know, we should all put lotion on before we go. It like kind of like weirds them out in a weird way. It's like you know, that, that scene wouldn't exist without the handshake. So I don't know what you're talking about, guys. <laughs> okay. You've, you've sold I, me. I'm, I'm going to put together. I'll put together. You've sold me on it because uh, if we didn't have the 20, like the 2011 remake of Ocean's Eleven. Hey, it was 2001. Like, why? Yeah. 
that would have really sunk that film. I feel. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, didn't didn't Bernie Mac also die of like some infectious? Uh, I disease? don't think it was the handshake. <laughs> I can, I would bet on on it that it was that his kidney uh, problems were not handshake related. Zach, Zach, listen, I'm going to put together a video essay on why the handshake should, should survive, and I'm, I'm, I'll have a whole lot of media examples in there. So. We have other forms of expression. We can do, we can, we don't need to be touched. You said, a wave? A wave is fine. Thumbs up? I'm, I'm fine with an I elbow. That's the new thing. I disagree. Oh. I think Elbow's the hand of the arm. Oh, no, it's not. Oh, but goodness. I guess the hand is also the hand of the arm. But. <laughs> it's true. Oh, gosh. All right, man. Uh, gosh, we've been talking for an hour. Um, Zach, if people want to find you, where can they where can they go? Uh, they can follow me on uh, Twitter at Zach Anner, Instagram at Zach Anner, Facebook at Zach Anner. Uh, and I recently got TikTok, although I don't know what it is or how to use it. Oh, geez. I opened it up the other day, and I felt like I was being assaulted. I had to shut it, it really off. It really does feel like an assault. Yeah. yeah. And what's interesting is that there's that everyone does the same thing. Yeah. Like, these, like, instead of having original ideas, someone does something, and then a billion 12-year-olds do it. <laughs> It's like so it's, that's always been the same better, thing, better, except we've never had to see it, it on the internet. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. I mean, I'm really hoping to grow the TikTok. That's my main focus. Apparently, Doctor Phil is on TikTok now. So if you know, if Doctor Phil is on TikTok, then I think uh, you know we we all should be on TikTok. Doctor <laughs> Phil, is that where he got his medical license from? <laughs> Very possibly. Dr. Talk. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, thanks so much for doing this, Zach. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with the rest of the show. This part of the show is brought to you by Phoenix Shaving, makers of the most excellent aftershaves, shaving soaps, and all things traditional man. One of my favorite products of theirs are their aftershaves. Phoenix Shaving intentionally blurs the lines between traditional aftershave and classic cologne. Each batch of aftershave cologne is created by using traditional perfuming methods, giving the wearer a high dose of quality skin food matched by the staying power of berry white. Now, I tell you, this stuff is amazing. It'll it'll make your skin feel great after a shave, and the alum and menthol just removes all all irritation and razor bumps. Um, they have classic barber scents and even more creative soap and aftershave fragrances. Like my favorite is the tombstone scent. It smells like leather, tobacco, and gunpowder. Pretty unique. So ditch those vials of chemicals you buy at the drugstore every month and grab some artisan soap and aftershaves from Phoenix Shaving. Go to gentlemanscofflaw.com slash shave to help support the show and get some fantastic manly grooming products. Phoenix Shaving. Shaving outside the box. All right. Uh, great guest. Great friend as usual. He's um, awesome. We'll have to have him back on. I think we're going to have him on as a as like a guest co-host for some stuff. So um, since yeah, he's got some more that. time, he mentioned he wanted to do some of that. Um, also, 
Um, if you want to support the show, there are many ways that you can do that. Uh, follow us on all the social media. If you can, if you're yep. on them, follow us on, follow us on all of them. Cause sometimes we post different things to different channels. Um, you could always we like to keep you guessing, you know? Yeah. You could also leave us a comment, uh, in the, in the, in the YouTube video comments, or you could uh, send us a, a message or leave us a review on iTunes or uh, Stitcher or Google Play or wherever you listen to the show for a chance to get featured on the show as well. What else can people do, Donovan? You, there's there's a couple of things that they can do. <laughs> Say hi to us on the street. Um, no, uh, I mean, you, you, did you mention going to our website? Yeah. Well, no, I didn't. But yeah, that's good. Well, going to our website is 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 always is always helpful in that in the sense it's got a great layout, by the way. Um, it's very, uh, user-friendly and you can, uh, check out the links on the website. You can also go to our merch shop and, uh, you know, father's day is right around the corner. So, uh, you can, uh, check out the merch on, uh, on the, on, in our shop and, uh, gosh, what else? Uh, don't forget I mean, our Patreon, social media, Patreon. Yes, this is also true. You can, you can, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a pleasure providing you the content that we provide. I mean, really we're just hanging out, but obviously, uh, it's, uh, you know, anything, everything helps. So, uh, we like to, we like to provide you with, uh, somewhat of a product. I'd say like something of a product. (laughs) So, uh, if you, if you, if you're feeling generous, go ahead and, uh, hit us up on that Patreon. Yeah. But, uh, honestly, you know, we, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. There's, I was just going to say like, you know, your, your, your eyes and ears are, are, are enough, but, uh, but yeah, if, if you're feeling generous, uh, go ahead and, uh, you know, throw a couple bucks our way exactly and also uh people that have uh, contributed on patreon is are part of the reason why we're able to launch video on this uh and everything helps us improve this this show and it allows us to do more giveaways and and all that kind of stuff also uh, it looks like we're going to uh probably be releasing our video episodes on patreon um a few days before they're available on youtube so uh, that's another version uh, reason to do that. If you want to watch the show over the weekend, uh, you could join on Patreon. You'll get it right away um, with the audio podcast. Um, people on YouTube will just have to wait a couple extra days. Um, but uh, that's just another incentive for uh, for being on there. You get to be part of the VIP club. Yeah, you get to be part of the experience. Part of the experience. All right, uh, Donovan. Oh wait, I forgot to one thing. We're Join the giveaway on our Instagram slash oh, Jim Scofflaw. Yeah. We're giving away Garden of oh, Bali yeah. aftershave. Um, and because uh, once you once you get out there in the world, once all this craziness is over, you know you're gonna want to you know yeah. smell good. You know you're gonna want to you know even if you have to stay you know uh, six feet away from somebody, you're gonna want that wind that that you know that wind to carry <laughs> Be the your, downwind uh, breeze. Yeah. To, yeah you want to carry the right vibes yeah. downwind. That's or, it. Or for those of you who are even just, uh, you know, stuck in quarantine with a spouse and, uh, you know, not want to smell like you haven't <laughs> showered old, in five days. The old ball and chain. <laughs> <laughs> the old ball and chain. Uh, spice things up, you know, slap, slap a yeah. little aftershave on. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> um, all right, Donovan, you are a gentleman and a scoff on my friend. As are you, as are you. Thank you for thank you for taking the time, Thank Mr. you. Crowder. Thank you very much. And you guys, 
Have a great week. This has been the Gentleman's Scofflaw Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher. Visit us on the interwebs at gentlemanscofflaw.com. Captain says, his ice on the river, we ain't getting home if we don't break through. So damn cold, I can't help but shiver. Rise and shine, we got work to do. Hey!